for the week of February 18th. My name is Justin Hurd. My name is Nathan Steinman. And, uh, yeah. Are we in December yet? No, no, no. Actually, these podcasts, we we've po- oh. we now have two weeks oh. worth of podcasts up right now. What? We, we actually released podcasts? Yeah, two of them. What? Yeah. yeah. We're, huh? we're now on week three. So confused. On schedule. <laughs> what? We even changed dates. Yeah. Which is why it it's uh neither of us have seen black panther so that will well, come to, later to, to be fair black panther doesn't come out till thursday night yeah that's what i that's what i mean like so we you, we we still wouldn't even have seen it by that yeah point, but at that point. you know i'm just i'm just you you're, know, you're, no, bearing no. the lead that neither no. of us have seen black panther yet yeah so um this is before black panther releases obviously who knows if i'll even have the time to see it even by sunday yeah it'll, it'll probably be like uh, I'm, I'm Sunday is probably wishful thinking at this point for me. Yeah. Also, I don't know if there's going to be tickets left because I have this distinct feeling that what's going to happen on Friday is people are going to go on Friday and then they're going to go on Saturday and then they're going to go back on Sunday because there's a lot of underserved market here uh, Pers- in Oklahoma. <laughs> I don't know. Personally, I think that the only I already way- know someone who's going to five screenings well that seems a bit premature but um i'm just saying yeah i know that's a bit premature um well i mean i mean you never know this could be uh this could be a spider-man homecoming where you watch it twice and they kind of go you know what i'm good i I still haven't seen spider-man and you're fired i'm not not fired i uh i mean it took me two years to even build up or actually closer to four years to build up the strength to even try to watch the first amazing spider-man well, I mean, and didn't they, even make it thirty minutes. So. See, and I, I like a lot of the ideas of Amazing Spider-Man, and yeah, I'm way too close to that continuity in my head. Like, I know way too much. I can't. It doesn't feel they don't do enough to separate it like, see, from see, the continuity the, in my head. So, which continuity? The movie continuity? No, the like comic book continuity. Okay, yeah. I mean, like turning turning gonna, them into special gonna... agent, turning his parents into special agents changes it up for me. That I'm just like, you know, I can separate everything in my well, head. The thing is, is there's like a whole run in the early '90s where his parents, who he thought were dead, came back, turned out to be uh, assassin androids okay. created by yeah. Harry Osborn. So, like, in my head, that's, I don't, I, yeah, I, I, I hear Secret Agent, I'm like, oh, so they're going to end up coming back and they're assassins? So no, they're, they're, no they're, they're dead as fuck. Yeah. They stay dead as fuck. Yeah. So, that's Especially good. Especially since they didn't make a third one. Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, at that point. Or no, Sinister the, Six. The one of my, uh, I mean, one of the favorite things about it was that they went back to him actually designing the web shooters. Yeah. And so, they actually work with that in the context of the movie and the fights. Like the lizard actually breaks them at one point. Oh, well, okay. So I mean, that's kind of interesting. The the best point of that thing is the fight with the lizard. Is his fights with the lizard, and there's also there's a it's a weird point, and it, but um, he does set up a um, basically tendril, or you know, he shoots off webs through the sewers, okay, and has a centralized section so he can feel whenever they're hit and feel which direction the lizard is in interesting which helps him locate him yeah so yeah that sounds like a cool idea there, there's some cool ideas in there yeah. um personally for me amazing spider-man 2 i don't like it but i think there was something good in there that it just got muddied it yeah. was one it was one of those films that they did not um 
they threw too much in there and had no the editing was so bad i mean they literally cut out mary jane from it it was uh shailene woodley interesting as mary jane and it wasn't it wasn't you know a romance subplot but there was going to be a subplot with Mary Jane, and they just cut her completely out of the film. Because there was too much shit already jam-packed into it. Right. And it was just one of those that was like, there's something good here. I just can't find it. <laughs> this two and a half hour bloated action monstrosity, if they just would have uh, cut it clearer, it would have made more sense. Right. And then um, with Spider-Man Homecoming, I mean, it's done by Marvel, so... Yeah. You, sh- you should have trust in it. It's not a bad movie. Yeah, it's, it's just, just, you know, I, I, I've been let down before. <laughs> and, I mean, uh, I, I honestly don't think that this one is so much of a letdown. It's just, I don't know, it's one of those that doesn't have much rewatchability for me. So I went and saw it in theaters, and then I took my kids to see it in theaters, and we missed the last, um, we basically missed the last, or the very end of the last act because they needed to go to the bathroom it was just like okay rather than take them back into the theater and get back set up and then okay they just don't need to see the last 10 minutes of it okay or they or they can see it when they watch it at home right and they watched it once at home and just weren't paying attention as much as my son loves spider-man just weren't paying attention so it's like okay whatever it's it's a yeah it's better than i guess the best way to put it in the marvel continuity it's better than most of the like the first six movies that they came out with, but there's like eighteen movies now. So, I mean, it's re- I don't I don't even want to think about like trying to rank and watch right. go through because it's just such an enormous project of just the. Uh, I guess the the biggest the best thing you can say about Spider Man Homecoming is that Spider Man is, um. The stakes are small, and he's not saving the world. Which, you know... He's, he's your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Huh? I can get behind that. So, and, that, and there's some good Tony Stark in there as well. So, yeah, pl- plenty of Tony Stark. Plenty of... Well, they had to get all the Robert Downey Jr. they could get before that, uh, that sweet, sweet contract ends. And before the Infinity War kills off all the Avengers, or the main Avengers. And well, the, all the ones that don't want to re-sign contracts, because I've heard Chris Hemsworth on um, some interview or something was like talking about re-signing. Well, I know he he, he, he... he wanted to do another film with Taika Waititi. And, uh, well, and he has said that he will be you know Captain yeah. America as long as they'll have him, essentially. You mean Chris Evans? Chris, yeah, Chris Evans yeah. said that he'll yeah. be Captain America. I was talking about Thor. Oh, you were talking about uh, yeah. Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Chris Evans. If I said Chris Evans, I'm sorry. I, I have no idea. It's Chris. There's it's so, many Chris's. Chris's. All, so they, many Chris's. So many Chris's. They just need Chris. Um, I was gonna, start... I was gonna say Chris Pratt, but that's <laughs> they already have Chris Pratt. <laughs> the joke doesn't work because they already have him. <laughs> yeah um of course i think that's the weird part is like those movies are so different than so much of the rest of the marvel universe in a lot of ways that it's it's probably going to be hard for a lot of people to like take uh the wait the guardians are in the avengers universe what yeah well the the, the thing that's worse is that um Chris Pine was who I was thinking of, but oh. I was going to say Chris Pratt. And then he's in the DC extended. <laughs> he, universe, he is, so. but that doesn't matter anymore. You yeah. know? But um, I mean, yeah, the, James the, Brolin is both Thanos and Cable. Right. This year. 
So that's even weirder. Um, no, the I mean, actually, now Disney owns Fox. So I, I, with did uh, that deal actually go through? Because I heard, I heard, I swear, I heard, and then I read part of an I read an article, and they were saying like nothing was finalized. I mean, as soon as they do own them, Chris um, Chris Evans has been both Johnny Storm and Captain America. And so they can do a doubles movie. Yeah, yeah. See, there you go. Now, um, no, what I was, uh, I'm trying to even think of what it was. Oh, the thing about Guardians of the Galaxy is that both of those movies technically happened in 2014. Is like they're supposed to happen within three months of each other. Yeah. So in the in the timeline, so technically their stuff happens back to back, while all this other stuff is around yeah. them. Yeah, it's expansive. and Yeah, so now we're going to be in slightly future. I think that's where Spider-Man, Home- Spider-Man Homecoming also messes up the timeline from Avengers to Homecoming. Just because of they have a scene where it's like at the very beginning, they have a scene where it's construction crews who are cleaning up the mess made after the Avengers movie. And then Tony Stark's team comes in and has bought up all the contracts so that they can, you know, get you know, double dip and make a bunch of money cleaning up wow. their mess, you know, and that's kind of the precipitating thing for the vulture. Okay. So, but it screws up that because it's in like, Hey, nine years later or something like that. And you're just like, wait a minute. No, Mm-mm. this, this doesn't, these dates don't match up because you know, certain things are supposed to have happened within certain time limits. It just throws, there's a whole bunch of articles like, what what is the timeline now? Because this is this is wrong. Yeah, I, I think I didn't read any of that because I hadn't seen the movie. Yeah, so, so and that's just like the first. I like, basically just dropped off. I was like, eh, I don't need to read about Spider Spider Man Homecoming before I've seen it, and yeah, I just haven't yeah. seen it. Yeah, but it is available on the Voodoo. I know, I know. <laughs> there, it's, there, it's, there's our free unsponsored uh, <laughs> advertisement. There you go. So uh, Nathan, what have you been working on? Uh, I'm still working on my comic book video. So the interesting thing that I have run into is the fact that, uh, revision is your friend. And, uh, I've, uh, gone a little deeper as far as like, uh, trying to get more out of the different, uh, synopses that I'm writing as I'm recording them. So I'm trying to make better, basically better information and better recordings at the same time so clearer it's it's been an interesting learning process as far as like oh just changing a word here makes this whole line work where before it was muddled it read it read fine you know it read fine but when you actually say it out loud it's like i gotta have this word here it doesn't make any sense or it doesn't make any sense why didn't i notice that (laughs) right well that that's always the problem with uh the reading, writing, all that stuff. Now imagine that uh, translated to an 80,000 word novel or a yeah, hundred thousand word I novel. I think I, in all the writing I've done over the last few years, I would probably, uh, I can't imagine trying to write anything above like a 20 or 30,000 word novella. Right. Because I'm at 3000 words on this, on this beast. And like, making sure that everything's tracks and making sure it all makes sense making it it's like yeah 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 i i don't think i'll ever be a a i'll never write giant novel 
difference. <laughs> it will probably mean, never happen. I mean, honestly, the main difference there is with larger novels, you have more space to play around with. It's like going from short, you know, yes, cutting your teeth on short stories is great, but short stories have a precision that you need to, like, have the right word for everything. Yeah. Whereas with novels, the best advice I give every single person that they ignore is just write. You can't, you know, write yeah. in, write until the story's done. And yeah. when the story's done, then you can fix the problems. Yeah, don't. And the, the, a lot of screenwriters have talked about that. Don't fix problems when you're creating the story. Right. Like, you have to create the story. And, like, sometimes you have to do surgery <laughs> and really go in there and take out, okay, that doesn't work, this worked. But don't, like, get to the end. Because uh, even the, uh, Warren Ellis talked about in his newsletter of, like, you know, sometimes getting that first draft is horrible like it's like you're fighting tooth and nail just to get through that first draft and then you look at it on the second draft and you're like oh this is a this whole thing's a huge pile of garbage what am i gonna do <laughs> right and then you just start turning it into something that isn't garbage and hope that they hire you on to do more rewrites right right yeah so you know it that's as i said that's the main thing is like i i've had uh friends before that whenever they've written they just kind of go, I, I write till it's done, and it just happened to be 45,000 words. And it's like, great, cool, good, great. Like, have, have, have fun with that. Yeah, and enjoy rewriting that. And, you know, they've rewritten, you know, something that they thought was a short story that turned out to be 30,000 words, and they edited it up to an 80,000-word novel. And I'm like, what the fuck? How are you? <laughs> you just opened a Pandora's box there, buddy. Yeah. I mean, I've heard, so I had picked up a book by William Gass. He had recently passed away because I have a, I have a book of short stories of his I've been reading, but uh, I had picked up a book called Middle Sea and I noticed in all of the uh, uh, notes, he had released half the friggin' book of short stories over many different over many years and i guess he just realized late in the process that it was all a novel i guess i don't know because it, it doesn't say he published them as excerpts he published them as short stories so okay i mean so well, just and, that, and that's essentially what writing is yeah it's figuring out oh shit all this goes together yeah oh, oh okay so justin what have you been working on i Now I've been I've been tweaking the opening of my uh, Clive Barker video. Obviously, I failed at getting it out before Hellraiser Judgment came out. Yeah, work and everything else kind of coming together and kicking yourself in the head with the trying to get the other stuff done in the process. You know, yeah, and you got your your review for Hellraiser Judgment out. So I mean, that was the main goal. Yeah, I mean, got that out over a marathon, and then you know. Getting the, actually getting the podcast feed reset and putting us on season two of the Dubious Consumers. Volume two. And uh, getting the graphic made for that and everything else uh, unfortunately detract, you know, distracted me a little bit more than I expected. So I'm still working on it. I still have that push. You know, it's just keeping myself from falling into that slump of... Well, I didn't get it out in time. No, no, just more the slump of, oh, you know... I don't need I don't need to worry about working on this. I can I can do something else. Like it's so easy to fall out of actually creating and putting stuff out and yeah, well especially cuz life gets in the way all the time. So it's if you're not like like motivation is always such a hard thing. 
So right. like, I mean, I I don't even know how many different times I've been like journaling about something or we're just right trying to free write. And I start with like, I don't know what I'm thinking. I can't think. Anything. Right, right, right. And and then eventually the juices start flowing. And you think it's oh yeah, I remember this, and I, oh yeah, I watched this, or and then all of a sudden next thing you know you you've written fifteen hundred words for the day, and you're like oh this is a good job. I think the other big thing about it is that I forget that I can do small content. Yeah. Is that I I'm you know I really I, I'm getting into longer and longer content as time goes on. You know, um, my current piece, if it was one video, would have been 23 minutes, but I'm already going to have to adjust and chop and screw. And, you know, I've already done that to make it into two videos and Hellraiser Judgments come (laughs) out in between then. So it's just one of those things that I'm watching. I have all these other video channels that I watch and sometimes I pay attention and sometimes seven minutes from them feels like it's pulling teeth. And but there's times where it's like, hey, here's a four minute, like real quick thing. You know, probably took them twenty hours to do, but it's a four minute clip. You know, four minute video yeah. that gets their point across. And wow, I could have probably had seven of those out in the time yeah. it's taken me to work on well, one thir- one fifteen minute video. I, I think it's what you're learning is like, uh, like Patrick Wilms talked about of like sometimes you've got to work on three or four different things. So when you get frustrated, you know, but like focused like you're focused on it as far as like what three or four different things you're working on so that if you get frustrated or don't know where to go or don't know what to do or don't know what to say you can always go back to something else that you're already also working on so there's already momentum in there right Um, yeah and just even having short ideas of like you know what's a simple you know like we talked about with like the netflix recommendations or whatever like here's here's three Here's a quick, uh, weird movie I watched on Netflix that you may have not uh, watched, you know. Right. Like that. Yeah. The the biggest thing I think, I don't know. I'm still um, I'm still slightly working on. I have the open document. I have got all the numbers. I just need to finish my little synopses on the last two. I think you. I think about my year ends. That video. video you should shoot for the Oscars because that's May fourth or March fourth. Yeah, but I've only seen like three movies that were no 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 but i'm saying like that's the time shoot shoot to release it then yeah that's the time frame you should be looking at so uh words because Um, one a bunch of those movies are relevant again because they're winning or not winning oscars right well like cinefix is doing their series right now on is this able to win the you know win oscar for best picture it's like but but i mean at the same time it's an interesting move if because, I mean, they just had a radical shift of that channel. So, I mean, they're trying to figure out, retool the channel. Right. So, it's, I mean, you lose one half of your main, you know, production staff. It kind of changed. And then you got a new person. And, right. Uh, coming in. And you're probably trying to find another person <laughs> to come in and keep the channel afloat. You know, that Cinefix channel has been through hell as far as, like, getting people keeping people losing uh losing revenue or money that was behind the channel losing people who were participating yeah it's it's i'm kind of surprised that it stayed afloat i mean it's staying it's through sheer, sheer will sheer will and perseverance you know that's that, definitely a testament to clint gage and all the production people in that thing of just like 
not giving up, you know? <laughs> right. Not even joking. I mean, I can't even imagine losing. Imagine it'd be, it'd be like breaking up the band, you know? <laughs> you know? Right. And I've been in plenty of bands that broke up and it's all, it's all, it's a mess. And most of the time you don't go anywhere. Nothing goes anywhere. You, you flounder and you flap around and you just kind of go, well, I guess this isn't working anymore. <laughs> Time for a rename and a relaunch, and yeah. uh, let's go from there. Let's, so, uh, yeah. Yeah. We're definitely doing <laughs> we're, we're working on stuff. Uh, it may sound bleak, but it's not. You know, yeah, it's, it's not just, that bleak. So, Nathan, uh, what's your uh, one recommendation this week? Uh, my recommendation is uh, a pseudo-recommendation and the fact that, like, I want to more tell you that this movie is i get why this movie was important when it was important but it's really not that good of a movie when you look at it 10 or 14 years later phantom of the paradise no it's <laughs> side sideways by uh alexander payne with paul giamatti and thomas hayden church oh god that movie so we are not drinking the merlot that's not even the part that's cringy there's so many other cringy moments like in that movie. Right. Just the Jack Holt character that Thomas Hayden Church plays is just like the worst. Yeah. Like I'm like, fuck that guy. Leave him and go fucking do your own shit, you dumbass. But uh I don't know. It, it was I don't understand how in a year where Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind comes out. It's not even nominated for Best Picture or Best Director. And Clint Eastwood is cleaning up the top of the Oscar heap. Right. With a boxing movie. Million Dollar, ma- million dollar Baby, brah. Yeah, I've never fucking seen that movie. I mean, I've, I've seen it so many times. I remember um, I was in college. I've seen it so many times. No, I, it was that's, just funny the way you said yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> well, I remember going being in college at the time, and I was skipping classes to go see movies. Um, movies in the theater <laughs> and when it's saw million dollar baby and then like my mother calls me and goes hey you know when's your next day off and i tell her and she goes oh cool like uh you want to go see a movie what about uh I've, what about million dollar baby and i did not tell her i had seen it before wow so instead i went and saw million dollar baby again in theaters you know <laughs> which uh, you know I've, as i said i've seen it so many times um but yeah that was just like okay like it was okay the first time I saw it. Didn't necessarily need another viewing, but okay, here we are in theaters because I didn't want Did to admit. this keep happening? You were people like, oh, we're going to go see Million Dollar Baby. <laughs> no, I've owned it and rewatched it again and again and again for some reason. I don't know. I don't even like Clint Eastwood that much as a director. That's that's interesting that you have a movie that you don't know why you've rewatched. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's movies like that for everybody. I know, but you know, it's just it's funny that it's one of like those movies that's like uh in a way is maybe pure oscar bait yeah yeah of like here's clint eastwood making a boxing movie about a female boxer well well it's a low-income redemption story where just as she's about to have a rocker rocky moment she gets paralyzed in the entire you know through a cheap shot and then the entire movie like spins on it spins on its heels to become a you know depressing to become a recovery movie oh oh, oh no no uh spoilers for million dollar baby sorry uh 14, 14 years, years later ago. um no it's, it's 
assisted suicide. Oh wow! That's that's where it ends. Is with her like uh, quadriplegic. No, one, in, no in, wonder this won all yeah, the Oscars in bed. Um, and he ends like it. He's the crotchety old man who doesn't care about. It's more his story than hers. And in the end, is that which is dumb, it, right? Which is, I mean, sense. it's it's a Clint Eastwood Clint Eastwood drama starring Clint Eastwood, where of course it's going to be about him in the end, yeah. where she get, becomes quite. He's he's the crotchy old boxer who used to have a successful career that is a hard ass and refuses to train her, but through her sheer will and determination, he opens up again. And, you know, and helps her die. And then she has the accident. And it's her story up until that point. But then, you know, it's all the, sh- you know, her shitty family and all that stuff. And then him, you know, lo- basically having to kill, you know, lose his heart and kill the one person he actually cared about. Wow. And that that's this that's is, this is like Oscar bait the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's literally the definition of like, hey, let's find all of the things. Now, the, only, the only thing it doesn't have is a tell about old Hollywood. Does it have a or a gay revelation story? No, nope, not that, doesn't either. have that. I don't believe. Yeah. Even though I feel like those stories are important, it's just sad that they're reduced a lot of the times to just Oscar bait movies. God forbid you should just you know have a story. Right. I still haven't seen Call Me by Your Name, which I've heard is a lot better than a lot of those movies because it like. Well, that that one's notable because uh, Army Hammer's testicles kept falling out of his short shorts, and they had to digitally erase them. <laughs> All the people on set that had to deal with <laughs> Army Hammer's testicles. But um, what's funny is that's a I think Paul Haggis was the screenwriter on that, and the next year he wins for Crash, and everybody acts <laughs> surprised and offended. Yeah, when well, he just had his the screenplay win best picture the previous year yeah and i you know whenever i watched it i liked crash and a crash is another one of those movies i saw multiple times in theaters yeah. you know i i understand the hate i get the hate i get it yeah i've also watched it with other people who are not um white people right and they think it's a very interesting movie right as a pe as a piece of like hey here's how racist we all are isn't it terrible yeah <laughs> like that's what it comes across it seems like to people who aren't in film school well and i and I where still, everyone in film school is like this is a pile of hot garbage yeah well and i still love that opening where it's the two uh, black men just it's ludicrous and uh oh what's the other actor's name uh I, I I don't know, but it's them talking and they're having talking about how racist everybody is. And and how, all the stereotypical things they think, you yeah, know, that and people like, think about okay, black people. And, yeah, let's go rob this place. Okay, all right, let's do it. You know, <laughs> like what the fuck just happened? Okay, because yeah, okay. like I didn't even see that movie when it came out. I saw that movie watching it with other people. Okay, yeah. So like, and, and like. So it's interesting, and then I had to watch it for my uh, psychology class. <laughs> and, uh, that must have been fun. Yeah, it was interesting. So back to Sideways. I don't know what you're talking derailed about. Derailed completely uh, into films, basically related. So <laughs> it's a movie. I'm not saying that you can't tell stories about wine and you can't tell stories about cheating people, but like, it's kind of like everything about the story is just so frustrating and the ending almost spoilers for a 14 year old movie (laughs) uh 
the ending where he just walks now when he walks up the stairs and all you see is him knocking on the door and it answers all the questions you need i was like okay that almost saves the movie it almost saves it this guy has stolen money from his mother out of her fucking underwear drawer and then like fifth you know not five minutes later at the end of a scene she's offering him money as you do so if you know your mom's gonna offer you fucking money why the fuck are you stealing money out of her fucking underwear drawer you fucking prick it, it it's it's horrible people incorporated the movie and then like you you have no sense that jack cole is this terrible person until all of a sudden all he can talk about is like, he needs to get laid on the week before his wedding on this week before his wedding right wine tasting trip he's not even a wine person it's only miles as a wine. how is your best friend who you're in the wedding of not ever been to wine country with you right when you're fucking 40 years old how has this never happened right when he's your best friend <sighs> i'm just like and then the fact that okay it's very <laughs> so the stephanie character who uh jack cole is cheating on his wife with for part of the chunk of the movie uh it, i i thought it was great that like for the one of the few times in in especially 2004 you can't believe that not a single mention of her being asian right like and like fetishizing her asianness is brought up or done in any way like in the movie but then they turn her into a fucking idiot because in three days with this dumbass who when they're just fucking is like you told me you loved me and i believed you like it's been four days lady like maybe you shouldn't hit him with a fucking motorcycle helmet well you know now i will say the other thing that i was like hey this movie doesn't just have exploitive scenes with women oh there's a big swinging cock running at the wind bulging in my face. <laughs> uh, the, the fact that he has to break into the house. He just grabs the wallet. And the guy's just running out naked in the streets. <laughs> just <laughs> that, that, that really like made me laugh. And I was like, but it's the ridiculousness. Right. Of like, this is the fucking third act. Nope, we didn't learn any life lessons. No. These characters really haven't changed, really, other than Miles realized, oh, man, maybe I should just get over my ex-wife and not be so focused on her and not call her drunk at a restaurant (laughs) in wine country when you're on a date with another woman. Maybe Maybe, you shouldn't do those things, you know? That seems like like a good life lesson. And what's that is I think some of the goodwill of election passed over to this movie in people's heads like they think oh alexander Payne, election's a really good movie there's a lot there's some of this like horrible peopleness and, and right. people but like election is really good sideways is frustrating so hell it's so like i'm like ah, why and to think it's a trilogy of novels Really? There's I three didn't... of these fucking things. Good lord. Yeah. I'm like, thank God this movie didn't do well enough to... It did well enough to 
for people to know what it is and for it to continue to be a thing. But it didn't do well enough to warrant two sequels. Yeah, it. I mean, honestly, it kind of feels like we have this whole um, dramatic revulsion to the stuff from the early to mid 2000s. Because all I hear is Sideways talked about disparagingly at this point. Well, but the only reason I watched it was because I've heard a lot of other people like talk about it still, like talk about the movie, talk about whether they like it. Most of it I've heard is positive. Yeah, and most and, I hear now is negative. And well, but like, he, but I'm saying, but recently for me, right, I right. haven't really heard anything negative about it. And I figure I like Paul Giamatti. It's on the HBO On Demand. I don't have to pay anything extra for it. I've already paid my giant cable bill. So I can just watch Sideways and see if I... I will say, I didn't turn it off. I watched the whole movie. That's a glowing recommendation right there. I didn't turn it off. (laughs) I didn't turn it off. I did uh, Like I almost walked out of Batman. Uh, But um, the other thing is, is... so. Paul Giamatti, right at this point, probably the biggest movie he's been in where he's the star is American Splendor, and then the next year is Sideways, and he's the lead. And I get why, maybe that's the other thing is Paul Giamatti finally being a leading man in a movie with a real budget, and he's not a side character or a doctor or a sidekick or a weird guy in the or he's not someone in the office or someone in the, yeah that that's lead. and that's and, yeah that's where he because uh man on the moon was he was heavily featured in that but yeah. he was a side character yeah you know he wasn't he was a supporting actor not the right like, the and then i think that sideways is definitely where we started having our fascination with paul giamatti and, yeah, and hey he was an amazing spider-man too he he, he was the rhino yeah that's a total that's totally like a role he goes man i really uh really loved being the rhino he probably loved like hamming it up oh yeah yeah he he did well i mean he he pushed to be the rhino he wanted to be in that film as the rhino because he loves the rhino and then just went completely ridiculous with it completely bad shit but like that's probably the most redeeming element of the whole movie is paul giamatti but at the same time he's so much better in other movies like right. his performance is and I, and I understand what he's he's doing what he can with what he's given there's some great edits and dissolves and interesting kind of montages and stuff in the movie but and the middle kind of monologues between uh the miles character and uh what's her, maya that scene in the house where they talk about wine they talk about the grapes and they're really like going into a much more like really revealing these characters this is like the only time i'm like okay this is good <laughs> this right this is fucking good everything else is just kind of like mediocre in a lot of cases and just kind of like on the surface flat i i want to i want to have sex before i become a married man plot and right well do you think this is one that was one of his well, no, it wouldn't because there's it's a thing of novels. I was just gonna say, is this one of his like side scripts that he had? He, one of them he had sitting in a pile on the side, or do you think this is like fully developed? The movie, 
Yeah. Well, I mean, the book was written the year before the movie came out. So, uh, so this move, <laughs> this book went from straight from published to movie script to made. So, 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 so not a lot of rewrites. <laughs> Probably not a lot of rewrites. So, uh, something we touched on earlier. If yeah, you were paying, yeah, yeah. If, if you're were just, paying if you're just tuning in, we're circling back around already. <laughs> if you're just tuning in, <laughs> like, like it's just being broadcast out into the ether. Oh yeah, yeah, so, definitely. Like, so, uh, Justin, is there any recommendations and or and or uh, why the fuck was this movie so revered at one point? Um, honestly, not really. the The biggest recommendation I have is for a series on Netflix. It's a Netflix original German series called Dark. Oh, yeah, you were mentioning this the other day, weren't you? Yeah, it's I I watched it a little bit a little while back, and unfortunately, with uh, the dubious consumers uh, podcast schedule before now, um, <laughs> we we kind of missed this, but. This we is a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the best way I know how to describe this series is what if Twin Peaks was directed by Darren Aronofsky? Oh, not sorry, not uh, no David Fincher. What if it was directed okay. by David Fincher? <laughs> no. Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Ah, no. Okay. There's a part of me that just got excited. <laughs> no. Now we need to have that made. Yeah. No, but yeah. no. What if uh, what if Twin Peaks was um, directed by David Fincher? And um, with all the weird seriousness that that implies. And then what if a few episodes in, they splice in primer? Wow. Yeah. She just got fucked. <laughs> yeah. So the, it's the uh, main plot of this is that um, you follow several families in the small town that is dominated by a nuclear power plant um, in current um in 2000 i'm trying to remember i think it's 2019 is when this is set that sounds about right to me um and they're about to shut down the nuclear power plant um but basically what ends up happening is that one day um one of the leads character the a kid goes missing from this family and it eerily mirrors an incident that happened to this guy's brother 33 years beforehand so a little bit of that it action going on yeah so it's and then they find the corpse of a kid who's had his um eyes burned out of his head but he has a red string tied around his neck and they and it's all about how like this missing kid and kind of ha- starts breaking down all these constructs that all these families have put up for themselves and destroys relationships between the parents and the kids and these new relationships crop up through there and then time travels involved where you're seeing events in 1986 play out with their current counterpoints but then they even go back at one point to the 1950s and and you see those same characters and those same families 30 you know up to 60 years before the current um what so is going currently back going to on like the grandparents day it's like... essentially but it's when these people were kids and so then they're, they're all senior citizens in the well so some it's it's kind of a weird thing cuz it's there's the grandparents there's so there is the grandparents of the people in the 2019 then there's the people who were kind of um 
who so yeah there's one character in particular that's a grandparent but then it's their parents and yeah so it's kind of all over the place and the characters get brought in and it is that broken kind of time travel where this machine only exists because somebody brought back a plan a blueprint for it to the 1950s and the guy constructs it but it never works until the 1980s whenever a different character brings back the broken version of it that has stopped working <laughs> in order to stop this rift from happening from stop to stop he brings it back to stop the time travel from starting only to cause the time travel in the first place so it's story time travel not causal kind of yeah it's it's weird because then like one character he gets the kid gets transported so here's one of the early twists is that the kid who gets who disappears yeah spoilers um so spoilers the kid who disappeared you learned this early on but the kid who disappeared actually got transported back to the 80s and ends up getting adopted and is this is where it gets this is where the weirdness of a german time travel what if david fincher directed twin peaks really comes to play is that the kid who is trying to find how do i put this the teenager who is trying to find this kid he feels responsible for disappearing turns out to be his father and the dun, dun, dun. and the girl that he had been dating that he's just kind of started to hook back up with is actually his aunt. Or, <laughs> Jesus. Because of how every how the time like the time travel happens. The thing is is that this kid who the the father has killed himself beforehand and written a note that says, Do not open this until this day and basically just kind of says, Hey, like I'm sorry I, you know, never told you but certain events had to Oops. happen. Yeah, certain certain events had to happen. And, like, it just gets so, like, and then so that teenager is about to spring back his father as a kid to only to be stopped by somebody older than him who's traveling through time and tells him, like, look, think about this. If he does not stay here in the 80s, you will never have been born. Which so, means none of what you've done in your life will exist. Right. And which changes all the circumstances of everything. These people won't be together. This won't happen. So are you sometimes the best thing you have to do for somebody is let them be or let things play out. So yet you can save your father right now. Or or you can exist. Yeah. So <laughs> Up to you, sunshine. <laughs> Have fun. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And so it gets like, and then it turns out like the father of like the father of the kid who's in the past, who he ended up growing up with as a like friend who's actually his son. And like he ends up traveling. The father who's freaking out about the son being gone ends up traveling back to the 50s. And being accused of being the serial killer who's killing kids then because somebody keeps dumping bodies. And it turns out to be this rogue priest who is essentially the Antichrist. Who's jumping between multiple timelines affecting what's going on. And using his, you know, knowing that this is a recursive hell, essentially, that... Uh, he can keep 
fucking with. He can fuck with and he can get people to do his bidding because he knows what's going to happen and he can point out every single, oh yeah, this part, she's going to cheat on you here and then this is going to happen and then this is going to happen. Do you believe me now? Okay, cool. Let's work together. You know? <laughs> so it's it's an interesting thing. I've seen some uh, articles on it where they're talking about like the female empowerment or the that it's not necessarily it's about um women in the workplace and how no matter how competent you are you're still at the whims of men yeah and that if you notice all the women in the story are competent and hold things together whereas it's the men who are breaking down and losing their shit (laughs) why yeah and so it but it does come with um some serious fucking overacting um there are times you're just like where the fuck did that come from just well i mean it's first of all it's german yeah i know yeah so i mean how much german television have you watched nada so uh we're we're probably not the experts on what what is good german tv acting yeah i mean it, it for most of it it's you know what you'd expect from a story like this and it, there's just somewhere it's just you know hey i sent him that, home. that was almost like the worst like complete like Dismissal. it's what you expect from a story like just like, it is yeah. well, but it's the way you, i know it's I know. so dismissive in that way I yeah it, it, but it has the uh nice and zany characters like the uh like twin peaks says. yeah yeah like literally as i said it's why you get, i get the temp- twin peaks feel from it because literally there is a um detective who he just shows up to pass in, like notes and information like he's researching all this stuff off screen but every time he shows up he has an eye patch and it's never explained why there's never addressed he just <laughs> has an eye patch on and you're like cool cool they, whatever they went, they went literal with the limp and the eye patch <laughs> um yeah and the the only like thing that was definitely a negative for me was um the voice acting for the local um transgender uh, prostitute the like you do yeah yeah, yeah it's, i mean every, every, it, it, it's a slight pe- every small town has their own transgender prostitute right? yeah yeah, yeah. Um, it's in I, all three timelines i'm sure oh but, yeah i'm yeah. sure i'm sure not <laughs> just during 2019 but i know I there, just, there's a there's I a just it just seems like one of those things that would yeah. be like hey this will be controversial this will get us attention well and and it's when this person first shows up um it's a just a slight point of this the kid goes missing i think it's the detective but i'm not sure i can't remember at this point but somebody goes to meet her and goes like, have you seen my husband recently? And she's like, Oh, you know, no, wherever, you know, what it boils down to is no, wherever he's getting his kicks from, it's not from me anymore, but also decides to go into a nice long, um, thing just to, I guess, hurt the person where she's, Oh yeah. I remember his, his cock. It was a uh, curve to the side, kind of like a, like a pickle, you know, feels weird in my mouth. But I'm sure you know all about that. You know, I like just like what the fuck. But they for the English, at least for the English version, they decided to go with a very, um, very man sa- sounding um, dub, as opposed to wow. you know anything that would be tasteful or accurate. Yeah, yeah just I- even anybody who's just trying to do 
vocalist yeah voice. yeah even if it's something that would be subtext that you'd be like well wait a minute is that no it's just completely just more like that one character in the red riding trilogy who you see um like i mean i'm not saying that they're transgender but just like no i was gonna say you don't really the one boy who's in yeah all bj yeah. B, well because bj always talks like you know bj refers to himself yeah. in the third person and has you know yeah, definitely. Yeah, just like something more like that character. Where yes, it's just that like would have been more pretty. subtle. It's not so over the top. It's it's not so the the uh, voice casting, vocal casting just went okay. Uh, we need a man for this role. Je- you know, the for the uh, it's like uh, I think your uh, casting director is a little uh, problematic. <laughs> problematic. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so I really enjoyed it. It's super, it, it's very much in the details of like showing, hey, this is how these people came to this, you know, a lot of it like misstating conclusions, but showing you what actually happened and the characters kind of learning what happened in the process and, oh, this is how this character got the scars. And you thought that something was going to change this time around, but no, actually we are this everything about this is just completely the cyclical nature of this yeah everybody every everything that everybody does is in service to getting them to the point that they're at when you started the story and so who knows what's going to happen with the second like it could get the second way fucking weirder oh it'll most definitely get way fucking weirder it's just this felt more like they because they bring in a character who's now like her future self has come back and turns out she's behind a lot of the machinations of what is going on and why everybody's in the positions they're in. But they're she's doing it to try and stop it. But she's the reason it started. So, as I said, mo- it feels like everything in this. It's people working behind the scenes to try and stop something that. It, I guess when you boil it down, it's very well one of those that, hey, if somebody just wanted to fucking talk to somebody instead of trying to <laughs> hide behind the scenes. Well, would actually like cross the line and talk to somebody. We'd resolve this. But instead, you just keep people like forcing people into these roles. And oh, hey, the reason that this happens is because this person stopped to look at something and got lost or, you know. This happened because they figured everything out, but didn't tell anybody before they, you know, disappeared. So, as I said, I think the first season is very much, it's very good, but it does, it. I feel like it's in service of, hey, we're telling you how everybody got to this point. If we get a season two, then we're going to expand out and have people actually start fucking up the timeline and might see, might get a Back to the Future 2 sort of thing where, Hey, multiple timelines are falling apart and are they're cross pollinating yeah like um marty being in the 1950s for the second time yeah. and seeing himself doing stuff which then just lays the groundwork from other stuff to happen yeah, that yeah. still plays within that framework so but then so- somehow it all has to happen right yeah. exactly the way it's happened or... unfortunately yes yeah. the, the type of time travel that i usually just kind of claw my eyeballs out on and i think i'm starting to get to that point talking about it now but i don't know because <laughs> well it well, obviously kept your attention all the, 
like to watch the series. So. It did, it did. So strong recommendation. Dark. Um, the only, last thing I will say about that is that I tried to get my mother to watch it, and her response is uh, she watched two episodes and just said, "Dark is uh, well, it's pretty dark." <laughs> it's eponymous. It's eponymous. <laughs> yeah, it's like yes, yes, it is. But that's what makes it interesting. Yes. So. So, uh, Nathan, where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nate Lauder Neutron. You can also uh, occasionally see me on Reddit. Not really. Same thing, Nate Lauder Neutron. Uh, mostly we're focusing on trying to, you know, make these videos and uh, make these things. So I, I'm trying not to spend too much time on the web while I... I'm trying to do stuff because unlike other people, my ADD can't have 900 things going on. I have to like be focused and put energy and like really concentrate or I'm just a fucking distracted mess and nothing happens. Yeah. Nathan, I think Nathan, him and I watching movies together is a, is a chore for him. Okay. If you've seen the movie, it's a chore for me. If you haven't (laughs) seen the movie, You'll, I'm a little bit better. I'm a little bit way better. Okay, yeah. If I've seen the movie like 17 times, I'm just all over the place. If I'm grabbing the movie coffee once. He's getting up. He's going and doing stuff. He's picking this up. Oh yeah, I gotta make lunch. Or oh yeah, I gotta make a <laughs> cup of coffee. Uh, just like up, down, up, down. It's like God damn it. <laughs> I, I tried to be better when we watched Hell or whatever. Yeah, we didn't watch Hellraiser together. What was but it? Mulholland Drive. Mulholland Drive. When we watched Mulholland, I. But uh, even when we watched, but what's funny is if you think about it, when we watched. Maybe I just need to stick a microphone in your hand. <laughs> so we watched Primer. There was none of that. We watched Hackers, the Lost Hackers commentary. Yeah. There was none of that. But uh. Yeah. It's all, I, to be fair, even with Mulholland Drive, uh, when we were watching that, I was writing in a notepad. Um, I got up and you're like, hey, you need to be paying attention to this. I am. I am. Just going to get a cup of coffee. It's okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, like I'm pause looking. it. Just pause it. <laughs> I can't pause it. Just no. pause the fucking movie. that's the one thing that i will say is if you pay if you watch david lynch movies without like going and doing other things while watch they're really not as like oblique i think people just get or obscure their i think people just aren't paying attention they're not expecting that they need to pay attention to all the little details right and i as a you know my thing more is the, you know, the as always, the example I'll go to is Inland Empire, where I've tried to watch that four times, and I've sat there laser-focused. I'm just like, yeah, I just... Yeah. But, Inland, <sighs> but Inland Empire as, is... As you always yeah. retort. It's, it's a completely different animal than everything. Right. In this whole catalog. Like, even though there are elements of the new Twin Peaks Return, it's still... Like, there's still a script for Twin Peaks Returns. There was no fucking script for Inland Empire. They were just... They had digital cameras. It literally started on a fucking trip to Poland that he and Laura Dern were on. And he just started... They just started filming stuff. As you do. Because, you know, you could film for the first time for two or three hours uninterrupted on a camera. Yeah. That's not like a camcorder. It was a little... It's above camcorder quality. You know, so you can actually, like compose a shot and light things you know on the fly and do 12 takes of of a scene uninterrupted without having to like get a drink or take a bathroom break or anything you just keep going 
Right. A scene. Yeah. Oh, well, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. But, uh, so, uh, now that we've derailed uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, so, Justin, where where can they find you on the interwebs? Uh, JustinDHerd.net, JustinDHerd.com, and at JustinDHerd on Twitter. So, yeah. and then Dubious Consumption on YouTube. Yep. So, um. Oh, that. yeah, don't forget uh, the Patreon. Yeah, patreon.com for slash Justin D. Heard. Yeah, if uh, you like the YouTube channel or like the podcasts or whatever. Also, don't forget coffee. Yes, Kofi. Kofi. Co-hyphen-fee. Yeah, it, 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 you can yeah. also pronounce it coffee because that's how it's spelled. In the uh, and, well, I mean, and, and that's how they want it to be because you buy your favorite uh, entertainer, coffee. Coffee. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sounds. Uh, so a final thought, Justin. Oh!